Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode, the V8 Sleuth Classic Car Podcast, powered by Motorsport Parts Australia. I'm Aaron Noonan, the guy across from me is Will Dale. Say hello, Will. Hello. I said hello, Will. Hello, Will. Okay, there you go, you've just said hello to yourself. Welcome, one and all. This is our latest podcast where we're taking a look at one of the great cars from V8 Supercar history, and in fact, it is the car with more wins in the history of the Australian Touring Car or V8 Supercars Championship than any other car in 60 years. The spotlight shines on Jamie Winker at a form finish, moving across to Holden. They deliver in the first race of the season. The gamble didn't pay off for Ford Performance Racing, but you've got to applaud this man who's put together one of the most perfect efforts you'll ever see to claim victory of the season. Only seven drivers have won four or more Bathurst Championships. Today, Jamie Winker joins the greats. He gets his fourth. Jamie has had such a relationship with Kate, a name given to this car that he's had so much success with. He loves this baby, and with good reason. Plenty of wins for Kate, the Commodore that Jamie Winkup used to win the championship a couple of times, a Bathurst as well. Will, 28 race wins for Jamie Winkup's car. The Team Vodafone Commodore VE Series 2 uh, that started its life as a Series 1 ended its life as a Series 2, but as the most winning car in championship history. It staggers. It's staggering. And it won the first four of those races straight off the bat. We'll give you the very brief overview. So this is this is the Triple uh, Eight had run Fords for quite some time since they'd first come to Australia, bought out Briggs Motorsport. In 2010, they moved to Commodores, so they built uh, a range of cars. Um the car that Jamie ended up, which he now owns, by the way, mm. uh, Kate, was one of those new cars. In fact, it's chassis 23. So to rewind back through the numbers, um, 20 was their last FG Falcon that Craig Lowndes debuted uh, in 09. Uh, 21 was a chassis that was built and sold to Dick Johnson Racing that they never um, put together until a couple of years later for James Moffat that became the Paul Morris car that the dude... Um, still has got that Brock Feeney drives in Super 3. 22 is a really interesting one. It was the ride car that they built that they started building as a Falcon, but it actually ended up looking like a Commodore. So it's a Fordador, really. Yeah. Um, a Falcon engine, but a Commodore chassis, and it was their, their ride car. Mm. Uh, but 23 was their first proper Commodore V8 supercar, and that's the car that became known as Kate. So a lot of cars that have been nicknamed over the years in V8s, our previous uh, V8 Sleuth Classic car podcast powered by Motorsport Parts Australia. Uh, We talked about Beth, the Holden Racing Team, uh, Peter Brock Commodore from uh, the mid to late 1990s. Uh, There was a a reason why it was called Beth. Listen to the podcast episode to find out, but we've never got to the bottom of Kate. Uh, I think there's a story that no one wants anyone to know of who was Kate or why is it named Kate or not too sure. But either way, this car will forever be known as Kate rather than Chassis 23. It sounds better anyway. Better than calling it Nissan. Yes. (laughs) I don't know why you even thought of that. But anyway. 23. Ah, okay. Yeah, right, 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 right. 
So in Jamie Winkup's hands, this car started 2010. It won its first four races across the – remember, we didn't start at Adelaide. No. Two we, overseas races to start that year. Or yeah. two overseas events, I should say, at Yas Marina Circuit in Abu Dhabi yep. and in Bahrain for the Gulf Air Desert 400. Uh, yep. Four wins from four starts. Bang. Just you, punched it straight out. You remember all the talk about – like, that That was the biggest talking point heading into that season, the fact that the championship-winning squad, long-time forward team, as we've discussed, was switching to Holden. How would they go? Yeah, well, we're pretty good. They answered it pretty emphatically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they rolled out really well there. Uh, I mean – he had uh, three poles in those for those four races overseas, and he was on the front row for the other one. So, um, and then he got another pole at Adelaide. So he used this car for the first half of 2010, and then they uh, introduced another chassis for him. So this car la- last ran uh, in 2010 at Winton, and he got a new car for Darwin. So this one becomes a spare for the rest of 10. Gets a birthday, comes back in 2011, uh, and then it's his car for 11. And 2012, so the years that he wins the championship, 2012 is the year he wins Bathurst, the 50th year celebration race uh, with Paul Dumbrell. With his good mate, As yeah. his co-driver. Uh, it's the car that Sebastian Bourdais drove with him on the Gold Coast in back-to-back years and did some winning as well. Uh, Andrew Thompson drove with him in 2011 in this car. Um, unlucky not to get a Bathurst win that year. Yeah, I reckon that's Very one unlucky. of the – everyone focuses on the wing cup ones that got away at Bathurst for the – the passing the safety car, the 15-second penalty with the contact with McLaughlin and Tander. The running, um, out, the of running out of fuel. is probably the most famous one of 2014. Um, you know, all the ways that he's lost Bathurst, but I think he was really unlucky in 2011. He and Thompson were – I think they led more laps than anyone else that day from memory. Mm. Um, well, and felt like alternator? Yeah, yeah. Uh, electrical alternator, mm. 30 laps to go, 20 laps to go, somewhere in that realm. And uh, – hobbling, stuck, limping. They got the car going again and finished, but they were like 21st or something. So, But silver lining, set up one of the greatest Bathurst finishes of all time. Yeah, that's true. That's true between Tander and, and Lowndes in the other Vodafone car. But I think Kate's place in history, I mean, that's the period that Wink Up dominated. I mean- Absolutely. Even 2010, he didn't win the championship and Courtney won for, for Jim Beam and DJR. But Wink Up and the Vodafone car- were the best, far- well, the fastest combination for the year, but they lost so many points through mechanical dramas and things that went real, wrong. It was a real roller coaster year for them. It was a real boom and bust for Car One. Yeah, yeah. But when he was booming, he was booming, and when he was busting, he was busting and DNFing. Or, um, you know, there was a DNF at Queensland Raceway. I think that was an engine drama from issue. Um, there was a DNF um, or at, at and Winton, a drama at Adelaide as well. Uh, uh, yeah, remember yeah. that the rear under part of the rear bumper was dragging, mm. and he was black flagged. Uh, when he was fighting for the win in the second race, and that he finished 18th. So there goes more points. Um, uh, Winton, I think he had a puncture or he slipped off the road. Or Either way, the, mm. the, there's every reason why he could have won that championship that year, but they just didn't get the job done and lost lots of points at critical moments. But this car's record is just stunning. You look at the numbers of its start positions, its race wins, its podiums, there's no wonder why Winkup bought this car because mm. it is the car that defines his career, and he's in the list of the greatest of all time. And if you associate one car with one dominant Bannerhead driver, what's the car that you link with Peter Brock? You know, is it A9X Tirana or a, or a HDT Commodore? Commodore yeah. or, 
you know, with Dick Johnson, is it Green Stuff, True Blue, or a Sierra? With Mark Scaife, it's probably an issue GDR or the Golden Child HRT car. For Jamie Winkup, this Vodafone Commodore, Kate, it's the car. For sure. Absolutely. And got to say, that car ran in some stunning liveries as well. Good luck trying to replicate them, though. That's the problem with those liveries. Mm. Yeah. What was it? 2012 or... It started off with the Chrome and the Dayglow Vodafone Red, a couple of different variations on that. Those, the, but the 2012 livery, where it was that fluorescent red with mm. a bit of pearlescent and yeah, a bit, of, bit a, of black. And that's the livery it's been put back to. That's, what's Jamie, that's what Jamie has, has got it in, how it ran in 2012, uh, how it won, it won Bathurst, obviously, with, mm. with he and Paul Dumbrell. So, but not I mean, how it finished the season. Uh, no, that, it was it was Chrome Vodafone farewell livery on that's it. That's right at the Sydney Olympic Park event, which was the end of the era for the technical regulations too, mm. because we were going to car of the future. So this car was moving out of service. So Winkup waited a little while, and I think he had to do some good haggling with Roland Dane to get a deal on it. That must um, that must have been fun conversations yeah, for Roland. But he, but, he also, but he also waited for the engine that had been in it during its era to come out of the cycle of 888 engines so it would be available uh, to, to put back in that car. So Gary Bailey, who's an ex-888 um, employee, has done uh, did the work on the Roland Dane uh, 2006 Bathurst winning car for Roland um, to put it back all together. He works, uh, Gary, a lot with the Eggleston Motorsport team in Super 2 on, on race weekends, uh, and he did the work for Jamie on this car. So slowly but surely, got it all back together. It looks Amazing. Um, we had it at the Adelaide 500 last year as part of the 20 years supercar celebration. Uh, and then it went to the Bend, to their um, museum there to, to be on display. So, Because he's an ambassador for the Bend as well. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, yeah. he drove with Yasser Shahin uh, in the GT car at Phillip Island this year. So great relationship between Jamie and, and the Bend. And But before we talk a bit more about Kate, I need to tell you about our good friends at Motorsport Parts Australia. And as their name suggests, Will, they stock a wide and expanding range of race car parts, but more so it's those hard-to-find parts. What are you trying to find? Trying to find the money to have a race car. Yeah, fair point. Then, um, I'll, then I'll get the parts and I'll go through motorsportpartsaustralia.com.au. But they're an online store. So whatever you need, wherever you are, you can get sorted out. They'll look after you. If you need a bit of advice and guidance too, they'll look after you as well. They know what they're talking about because their tech team's got over 20 years of racing experience. So check out their online store, motorsportpartsaustralia.com.au. Great to have Motorsport Parts Australia supporting these classic car podcasts this year. And we're talking about Kate, Jamie Winkup's Team Vodafone Commodore VE slash VE2, which was the same garbage. What, what was the difference between uh, them? Tail lights, yeah, just cosmetics. minor details. Yeah, nothing yeah. special. Uh, that changed for 20, uh, 2010, Phillip Island 500, the Series 2 came in. Oh, but not yeah. every car was Series 2'd, but this car was. The factory the cars were. cars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It took a few other cars a bit longer to um, have that done. Another little sidebar to the, the story of Kate for... For Jamie Winkup, the most winning car in the history of uh, the Australian Touring Car and V8 Supercar Championship. And, uh, uh, I mean, its numbers are staggering. I mean, 28 race wins. Yes, there's more races these days in the championship than ever before, but you've still got to win them. Exactly. And it wasn't exactly if like a lay-down Mazaire that he was going to win. There was some really tough opposition in that period. You think back to the 2012 season, the first half of that season – it was punch for punch between Triple Eight and FPR and all four of their drivers having a go. So not just Winkup, his teammate Craig Lowndes, and over on the blue side of the fence, he had Will Davison winning races and Mark Winterbottom mm. winning races. Mm. It was it was an intense battle. Remember that they were the only two teams that won races in 2012, mm, the last indeed. year of Project Blueprint specs in 
V8 supercars. But when you look at the sheet of 2012, it's the first race of the season that might not stand out to a lot of people. It was a win for Jamie Winkup on the Saturday at the Adelaide 500. He didn't buy this car because he won Bathurst in it. He didn't buy this car because he won 28 races in it. He didn't buy this car because he won a couple of championships in it. He bought this car, and this car is special to him because of that race. Now, winning Adelaide is cool. Like, that's a great achievement. His dad, Dave, died the week before, and he had to drive what was probably just about the race of his life. With that as the background, but if you remember, he did the three-stop strategy that day. So he had to drive every lap like a qualifying lap to get home to win that race. Remember, he wasn't leading no. on the last lap. It was his good mate, Will, Will Davison, Davison was, was leading. chasing down. But he ran out of juice because he was running the two-stopper and running it fine. Jamie's on the three-stopper running hard, and he nailed him on the last lap and got the win. You'll see the red car in the background. There he is. So Winkup has got the lights on. He's in qualifying mode, and Davison's in an economy run. This is Ford versus Holden. Two very close guys. They're good mates, and this is on to win one of Australia's biggest races. Fuel light on. The fuel lights come on. That was Will Davison's voice. Look at ja- Jamie's. It's uh, this. We know this feeling. This is like a qualifying lap. The lights are up like a Christmas tree. He's sliding the car. He's over the curbs. It's full attack. He's set to split. That was Will Davison. It's coughing. He's in trouble. And Wing Cup will get it. You've got to applaud this man who's put together one of the most perfect efforts you'll ever see to claim victory in the season opener. Now, Jamie Wing Cup's dad, David, passed away last week. So this will be a very emotional time for him. There were times in that race when he did things that no other driver in the series at the moment could have done. And I think that's probably... Jamie's not a mega emotional person, particularly in public. It's just not the way he's wired. I don't think he likes people to see uh, that, that, side. that side of him. Um, but I think that's probably as close as we saw to to a level of emotion. And that was the undertone. It was a an amazingly special race, and that's the reason. Uh, go and look up the race. If you haven't seen it or you've forgotten it, uh, 2012, first race, Adelaide 500, it's really good stuff. He actually drives the thing like you wouldn't believe. But that's that's why this car means so much to him uh, is because of that, because his old boy was a, a really good supporter of his his career and um, and he lost him the week before. So uh, there's always undertone stories to so many of these cars and their histories, but that's the underlining one. Uh, but when you look at the result sheet, I mean, have a look at the – he won that first race in Adelaide. And as you said, FPR then went on a blitz. Mm. Will Davison won the Sunday race. FPR um, won two in yeah, that Sunday the race. Yeah, second. Um, you know, they went to Albert Park, uh, then down to Tassie. That spin and win. Oh, and spin. Drama on the track. So that would be Jamie Winkup at turn four, smoking it up. He's done a big 360 down there and dropped a couple of positions. All good, mate. All good. Eyes forward. Eyes forward. Have a look at this. Now he's in first slot, gas it up, pick the clutch up, turn it straight around its own length and drive away. Oh, that is as good. That's Safeway car park stuff. That is very, very good. <laughs> and then just was really consistent. That was the... Uh, Hit him, win it, win it, or have him off, or whatever the Mark yeah. Dutton line was at Barbagallo when he was stuck fighting off, yeah. the two FPR cars late in the race. So he went a period there of Hamilton, Perth, Phillip Island without winning. Well, remember at Phillip Island, well, he got taken out by yeah. Will, by his good mate. Yeah, <laughs> right. so yeah, uh, Kate copped a, a short back and sides from the trading. Well, from Kate, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the great irony, and it's only just occurred to us as we looked around. So. 
Will Davison was driving for uh, Ford Performance Racing in a Trading Post-sponsored Falcon, which had been new late 2011. And Trading Post ran a competition to name Will's new car, and it was named Kate. After Will and Kate, Kate Middleton, wedding. because they were getting married in 2011. Hmm. So I think that's what the well, Will's the driver. Kate can be the car. Hmm. You know, it makes sense. So yeah, Kate crashed into Kate. <laughs> Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. And then for Wink Up, he got back going again. He won in Darwin. He won in Townsville with a couple of wins. Had to really fight off Craig Lowndes to take one of those wins as well. Yeah, yeah. It didn't make it easy. But Lowndes never got a win in Townsville. No, before that was he- probably as close as he got. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wink Cup wins that Sunday race at Sydney Motorsport Park. We hadn't been at SMP since it had been known as Eastern Creek prior mm. to that for four years or something. Um, and this is where they sort of – where Triple Eight pretty much went on a tear through the rest of the season. Yeah, well, well, look at this. I mean, from he, he wins that race at Sydney Motorsport Park in August, third with Dunbarrel at Sandown. Getting barged at oh, Dandenong Road. Oh, he got shoved off the road. Uh, lunged him at Dandenong Road and – two laps to go, whatever it was, mm. for second place. It was going to be a Vodafone 1-2 otherwise. Mm. Yeah, isn't this great when you start to think back through all these races? This is back when Roland Dane was on Twitter, lest we forget. Was he? <laughs> he was. He had a hot take about it. He oh. had one and Casey Stoner had one because, of course, Casey still racing in MotoGP at that point but went on to race for Triple Eight And went on to drive this car. Ah. Um, prior to racing... Uh, for Triple Eight, he did a brief test in it at the end of 2012. But I, I, I'm swapping the topic here. Tell me about Roland Dane and Twitter. He hasn't been on it for a long time, but I distinctly remember. Brief pause while I dig it out. Here we go. If you, the account still exists. So if you look for at eight 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 RD on Twitter, September 16, 2012, Dirty Driving, a new B movie directed by M Summertop will face tough opposition from the new blockbuster, Class Wins Through in the End. <laughs> Roland, if you're listening, please can come we, back to Twitter. Can that's we bring Roland gold, back to Twitter? Please. Because that's sensational. The tear that Wing Cup went on there, I started rallying off the results, but first at SMP, third in the Santa 500, winner at Bathurst with Dumbrell, winner on the Gold Coast with Bordet on the Saturday, second on the Sunday, clean sweep of the Abu Dhabi Formula One Grand Prix support events, the short, sharp hmm. three sprint races, a win and a third at Winton and a couple of fifths uh, at Sydney Olympic Park, which by that stage didn't matter because he had the job done uh, at Winton anyway. So just an amazing level of performance of podiums um, in that year that were – that's 2012 is his staggering year when you look at the numbers. Um, they're just outstanding. And that car probably doesn't get the respect – that it will generate, it won't happen for some years because mm. we're we're probably too close to the era, 2012 to 2019, that we're talking about this. And he's still an active driver. He's still of an course. active driver. Yeah, I think in give it five, give it ten years when he's retired and we're looking back, uh, that car's going to be worth a bit. It's going to be worth a not bit. That, not that he'll ever part with it. I wouldn't think. Uh, there's a deal for everything, I reckon, <laughs> in life. Uh, once a racing driver, always a racing driver. Sorry. Uh, I mean, the only car that's probably got a chance of knocking him off at the moment is Scott McLaughlin's Shell V-Power Racing Mustang that was new this year and it's been punching out plenty of wins. If he keeps going at this rate and that car doesn't get damaged or they don't swap it for another one uh, next year, might be, we shake. might be talking about another record holder. But for the moment, 
It's Kate, the team Vodafone Commodore VE. We talked about the pilots of this car. It's predominantly Jamie Winkup car. Of course, Paul Dumbrell, Andrew Thompson, Enduro drivers, Sebastian Bourdais. Uh, no, Steve Owen didn't drive this car because um, he didn't race this car on the Gold Coast. He did drive it, though, in the additional yes. co-driver practice sessions in the lead-up to the Enduros where he drove with, with J-Dub. Um, so it's Winkup, Dumbrell, Thompson, Bordet with – I don't think – they actually never finished off the podium in the two years of the Gold Coast 600. Two wins and two seconds uh, for those guys. But there was actually one other driver that did drive it in an official session. Do you know who it was? I think I see where you're going with this. It wouldn't happen to have been a young driver on Triple Eight's books at the time. Maybe. One that had yet to make his Supercars Championship. See how long you can stretch this out for. Former open wheel racer, had -hmm. had some success in the UK, Mm -hmm. now races for a different Holden team. Mm Mm-hmm. Scott Pye. Correct. Hey. Got there eventually. Yes. The suspense was killing me. Um, yeah, so Scotty Pye drove this car at Darwin in 2012 in the co-driver session. Because uh, he was racing Friday. for Triple Eight at the time in the- In the DVS, uh, in the Monster Car. So, um, But he didn't drive. He drove in the endurance races later that year with Lucas Dumbrell's team with Taz Douglas, the Isolate car. And then he was full-time with LDM the following year. So, yeah, you can put Scott Pye into the mix for drivers associated with Kate, Casey Stoner. He tested it late 2012, uh, Queensland Raceway. He had a run uh, mid-December that year, and, of course, he drove for the team in the development series the next year. But it took uh, – Jamie Winkup didn't pick this car up till early 2015, so it took a while for it to be um, put back together and get the right engine that they wanted to get. And it, Jamie actually – there's a video on YouTube. I think it's still there. Um, <laughs> Got to love social media. Well, well Jamie, no went, Jamie went and got his truck licence to drive the truck to go and collect the car to take it to his, his storage facility. So I think he borrowed the Triple H truck <laughs> to, to go and get the car from Gary Bailey's into Toowoomba to bring it back. To- oh, by the way, Roland, one more thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, um- yeah, yeah. So um, another little sidebar to the, the story of Kate. Another V8 Sleuth classic car for us to take a look back on. So great to go down memory lane. Um, we've picked the Green-Eyed Monster so far. If you haven't heard that episode... Jump on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Spotify and Google. And Google. Where, wherever you, wherever like you listen, listen to your podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go back through. Yeah. Go back through and find the previous episodes. Uh, we've looked at Craig Lowndes' Green-Eyed Monster Falcon uh, AU. We've taken a look to it. Beth, the X, Peter Brock, HRT and John Faulkner, Commodore VR, VP, VR, VS. I think it's appropriate next time we do another Ford. Or should we do something different? What about a Nissan? What about a Volvo? What about an Erebus Merc? Maybe. You'll have to tune in and find out. If you've got any suggestions of a classic car you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, shoot us an email through the V8 Sleuth website, jump in touch with us via social media. And until then, we'll talk to you again soon with another V8 Sleuth Classic Podcast, powered by Motorsport Parts Australia. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.